everyone, and welcome to our podcast, Clear as Mud, where we talk to game developers from all walks of life about their personal and professional journeys. I'm your host, Graham Waldrop. As always, our show is presented by Mudstack, the only asset management and collaboration tool custom-built for game studios and digital artists. For more information, head over to mudstack.com. Today, we're talking with Giovanni Magana, Senior Environment Artist at Respawn Entertainment. The expression, age is just a number, can sometimes ring hollow. This is one of the instances in which it is not. Giovanni didn't break into the industry until he was 36 years old. And you're going to find in this interview exactly how he did it. And it's a hell of a story. And I don't want to spoil it because that's why he came to listen to the episode. So I'm not going to really preview anything else other than prepare to be wowed, prepare to be inspired. If you're not inspired, then I don't know what to tell you because this is a beautiful story. So Giovanni is a great guy. Super talented artist, top of his craft. He worked on God of War Ragnarok last year as an environment artist and now is at Respawn Entertainment working on Jedi Survivor. So the chops are immense for Giovanni. And the first half of the episode is really about how he broke in the industry. And the second half is based on his work on Ragnarok. We really dive into what it was like working with that team and all the work he did on that game. So if you have not played Ragnarok and really want to, I suggest not listening to the episode yet until you play the game. There are mild spoilers ahead. You have been warned. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. Here's our interview with Giovanni. So Giovanni, your career has not followed a traditional path in the sense of how you walked it and how long it took you to get there. Take us behind the curtain and how it got started. We always think that a career is just something that it's like... Uh, you go to a school for two, four years, and then you're out there in the, in the job market and everybody wants you. <laughs> but, you know, it, it just takes so much time and dedication and hard work to achieve these things. Um, it's not only just like uh, finishing school, it's also building your portfolio Where'd you go to school? I, I went to uh, Kenyatta College. It's a community college. In, in, in reality, the, um, it was a multimedia art career. It was not really games uh, or anything specialized. It was really broad. And did you want to always just focus on 3D art or did you have other interests? In the beginning, uh, I, I went to school just because... Um, and this goes back to 2008 uh, when everybody was out of work and um, it was not a fun time uh, it was horrible I lost my job in construction during that time um, and I was like well I could go to uh, school and learn ESA English is at the time I was not really good at with English, especially uh, writing. Um, and I went to Kenyatta College and just to uh, get a course in ESL. Um, then I stumbled upon a multimedia art uh, program. And I thought, well, it's got some art in it uh, it's gotta be good so i joined um i also didn't have much computer experience so that was also a big challenge so there you go there's like two challenges uh, 
the uh, the language barrier and the uh, computer savvy side of things. Well, that's insane to me that uh, considering the caliber of your work that you, you were in construction like 15 years ago. And that wasn't even like that. The, the whole computer stuff wasn't even on your radar or 3DR, it doesn't seem like. Uh, well, I knew that 3D existed uh, since I was in Mexico. Um but never, never knew how it worked, how they did it. It just seemed mind blowing, like just to be able to do anything computers at all. Um, so when I got to see like um, Toy Story, I think it was the first movie that I saw. There was everything 3D. That's mm -hmm. when I knew. I was like, hmm, there is something cool about this whole thing of. Uh, movies and 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 drawing that can happen at some point but unfortunately it was uh the wrong time i i was in mexico i didn't have access to any of the of the cool stuff that you guys have here so i ended up just um forgetting about that until like i went to school when you enrolled in there you just learned maya or you learning other things other uh, applications too it was maya just intro and like bouncing ball and like walk cycles and stuff like that mm -hmm. i also had like intro to drawing uh intro to painting intro to all of the other stuff uh out of all of them i think um animation became my first love I really liked it. I thought it was so cool to make something bounce or walk. Um, unfortunately, I don't think I, I have the patience for um, to work six months on something. And at the end, it's just like a 30-second reel. Yeah, it is nuts how much, you know, from modeling the characters to rigging and then the actual animation. I mean, the, the ratio is just blown out the window in terms of the amount of work that went into it versus what you actually see on screen. People don't realize how much work goes into it. That's that's why I, when I wrote that piece on LinkedIn, I was thinking, hey, uh, I think people should know that it's not just uh, about like, hey, I built this, cool. It takes so much time, so much, uh, so many people to do this this type of work. That's also the sign of when something that's really incredible that people aren't even thinking about how it's made. You know, to the, the normal audience, there's, it's just like, oh, this is just a really cool story I'm being taken on. But for me, having always been interested in, in games and film and having worked in them, it's, it's always one of those things. Now, I, I can't watch something without thinking about how this was made. Um, you were mentioning the first Toy Story. I was thinking, when you said that, I was thinking about Toy Story 4 and the introduction to that movie, whereas there's this outdoor scene at night in the rain. And I'm just like, how the hell have we gone from Toy Story in 95 to this in terms of just the quality of the animation? It's just unbelievable to me. How I mean, it was almost <laughs> the weather effects were lifelike. It was kind of terrifying. Yeah, I mean, from where we started in 1990s to now, it's like, uh, it, it's a blessing because we have so much, so much cool art. But I think we... We've gone from like shooting stuff in real life, building live sets to like green screens or it, it just mind blowing all of that to me. Yeah. I always love when things are able to be blended. You know, we can, you can blend green screen VFX with practical sets to sort of create this uh, you know, fully realized world. I think the, the Last of Us show right now is doing a really good job of that, of, of taking these environments where you can't tell if it's an effect or not. 
because yeah. <laughs> they're on a they're on a, they're on a practical set, but they're definitely doing some things, you know, of like the cordyceps fungus to enhance it a little bit more with CG. But it's not like oh my god, this is CG and takes me out of the experience. But you know, I think the CG is helped by the practical effects and vice versa. So when those those two things are married, I always love that. Yeah, with my wife, we always like, or she's always asking me, "Is that CG?" Or is that real? I'm like, mm, yeah. that looks CG. That looks real. And then, like the Last of Us last episode, I I watched it and I was like, I think that's CG. And no, it was a real set. <laughs> at the mall. Uh huh. At the mall. Yeah. Yeah. They do a great job on that show for sure with that. And so going back to your training, when did when did you? So you said you you were really into animation, but you didn't have the patience for it. So is that when you're like, okay, time to look into just focusing on 3D art more? I got interested in. 3D modeling. Um, I didn't know much about modeling, so it took me like three years, and I enrolled in the same class twice. Like modeling one, I took it twice. Modeling two, took it twice, and finally at the end, I was like, okay, I get a, I got a good feeling about this. So I ended up doing that for maybe four years. But I was not satisfied with, I don't know, something something about it didn't feel good to me. So I went back to, to drawing a little bit more. You think you just got like kind of burned out on it? Yeah, I, 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 I was just like not seeing what to do with it. I didn't exactly know what to do. Like uh, I could model a hammer, I could model a car or something, but I just didn't know what to do with it. Um, I didn't know, well, I knew games existed, but at, at that time I was so out of the loop in, in games, um, you know, because you're struggling to meet, uh, to make ends meet and just focus on life and stuff and right. playing games didn't, it wasn't a thing for me at, at those, in those days. So it wasn't like a, a really big, I guess, goal in the sense of like you knew you wanted to go into the games industry or, or or film or something like that. Yeah, exactly. For me, it was more like I know it's computers. I know it's something cool, and and at some point it's gonna pay off. Just just stay on it. It sounds like you're pretty much self taught outside of the classes. Was the teacher really hands on, or were you just you know learning what you put into it? My teacher was mainly an animator, and. What he knew, it was just like how to how to do things, not in an efficient way. Um, I gotta say, but um, he knew how to help me. Uh, but overall, it was mainly uh, me finding out in YouTube how to do things. Um, I think I found video game modeling for video games afterwards. Which was my, uh, which was mind blowing for me. It was like, oh wow, there is uh, something that you can do besides, besides making fun characters. You can actually do stuff for video games. So, is that when you started to apply for for jobs into the industry? I finished school, but uh, I gotta say, my portfolio was really bad. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is for everybody. Yeah, I mean, it isn't that it was it wasn't. It was bad, but it was it didn't have a direction. My portfolio had all sorts of like um, graphic design things. Um, I don't know other classes that I had. I had portfolio for it too, and some three D modeling. 
So it was all over the place. Unfortunately, uh, for for me, I I I tried to apply with that, but yeah, you, I can see it now. It, it, it was a terrible, terrible portfolio. Yeah. Well, also, especially if you're saying like there's no direction to it. Mm-hmm. You know that, and you're applying for specific jobs, and if things in your portfolio don't speak to that job, then it's like, oh, what's the point, right? Yep. Did you get feedback on that from the the places you applied to? Or did you just start picking up on, okay, this is not how I should be applying to jobs? I went back to school again. <laughs> um, I, I just, I just uh, wanted to be in, in, in the lab at all times, just practicing whatever it was. And a friend of mine uh, um, in the lab, he was like, hey, why don't you, why don't you try uh, environment art uh, for games? I was like, what's that? And so he showed me what he was doing, and it was a really cool scene in inside on um, uh, I can't remember especially, but it was like a vineyard or something with barrels and and, and stuff. And I, I saw it was like, okay, well that is really cool. And then go back to YouTube and start watching YouTube videos about environment art. <laughs> After I found environment art for games, I, I thought it was like a really cool mix of modeling and sort of painting at the same time. And that's kind of where what I wanted to be at. Uh, after that, it was just I had my I had my goals. I don't know. I just worked on it really hard for uh, maybe another three years. Three to four years. What kind of what kind of objects or environments were you creating? So I I took a class for um, online, and it was all uh, building a, a sci-fi scene, and uh, it, I did it the first time. It was horrible. I, I didn't like it at all. Um, that's the good thing about uh, uh, figuring out if you are doing it right is. If you know that it doesn't look right, that's great because you are learning from your mistakes. Um, so I am always being hard of myself and I didn't like it. So I took the class again and next time I was already, I, I had the the outline. I knew what I wanted to do. So I think the second time it looked so much better. That's awesome. It's cool that you can acknowledge that and then go back and, and make it what you wanted to. So I think there's a lot of instances where people aren't able to go back or they're not seen that they didn't do as good a job as they could. So Yeah. Yeah, you know, sometimes we are just happy. We're like, hey, my mom likes it. <laughs> you know, it's uh Right. I did it. I, I crossed friend. the finish line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not having that higher standard really uh makes a difference. So what were you doing while you're taking all these classes and, and building up this portfolio? What were you doing to earn a living during that period? Oh, boy. Um, uh, I, was, I was always in construction, and it was, it was hard to find work during those days. So I ended up, because I know a little bit of uh, haircuts. <laughs> uh, so I ended up going to a barber shop. I worked there oh, part-time. Cool. <laughs> Nice. So, yeah, so I did that for for like pretty much four years while I was finishing school. I would go to the haircut, uh, to the uh, barbershop after, after school or in the morning and on the weekends. And that kind of kept me going. Then after, after I w- it was just, um, 
I did a little bit of forklift and, and construction mainly became after everything picked up. I went back to it and I started, I was like a subcontractor, I guess. I became good doing tile, tile work and other sorts of uh, carpentry stuff. And I was doing great there um, until 2016. Then I found somebody opened the door for me on a game, uh, uh, on a game called um, Walking Dead. Before you got that opportunity, did you have moments of doubt beyond maybe not knowing exactly what was going to happen? But can you realize this dream that was forming? I, I got married there in 2016, and um, I was already doing some good money in construction. Um, it was it was something unexpected, as I was like, I've been on this for eight years. I have to make a decision. I have to either continue on and, and with my dream of being an artist or just be good at construction and, and make money and feed my family. I was, I, I set myself a goal. I was like, this year is going to have to happen. Or otherwise, um, I might, who knows? I, I'm going to put it on hold, definitely. I was, that year, I just dedicated more of my time building a, a portfolio. And I did it because I was seeing progress in my work. I was noticing that my work looked a little bit more like the stuff that I was seeing on ArtStation. And it was dumb of me if after all this time and finally achieving uh, some progress, just give it up. So I told my wife, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to stay on this for, for a little bit, help me out. And um, if it happens, if not, I'll live forever like you know i tried at least oh so you just focused strictly on just just working on your portfolio you weren't even doing the the secondary jobs at that point no at that point i i just gave it up i was um i you can't do everything um so i gave up um getting getting money for for that time oh man um yeah, you really you really pushed all your chips in the middle of the table there. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. No, that's uh, but, really cool. But I, I was just sure that uh, just the quality was getting there. It just needed a little bit more polishing. Um, and that's when I, I finished my first environment. I, I even, like, I remember uh, driving from San Jose all the way to L.A. just for one meetup Um uh, there was some a recruiter who was gonna speak about how to get in the games, and I was like, I need to know. Uh, so I drove all the way there, and I I I heard, okay, you have to have a, one full environment and a few props finished, and that stuck with me. After that, I knew the outline, what she was saying, what you need to do, and so I, when I came back home. I start working diligently on that. And where where did your work ethic come from? You obviously got a hell of a work ethic. That was that instilled in, in you by family, or was that experience a little bit of both? Um, I think it's just my my background, I guess. Um, f- from coming from from Mexico, where and uh, not having m- much either. I guess all of those stories, all of those things, just you just develop some sort of like work ethic and determination or resilience 
that uh, that helps you overcome anything. Yeah? You learn the value of hard work, uh, the importance of perseverance, and just mental toughness overall. Yeah, I think you got to have a hell of a lot of that from going what you went through. Just keep doing that for eight years and putting yourself through school. I mean, this is a really inspiring journey you went on. And then it led to that first job at Skydance, right? Yep, at Skydance. Oh, man. <laughs> I got so excited the first day they called me. Um, apparently, they were closing um, applications because uh, they didn't have uh, enough uh, or the, the right people. Uh, and then I, 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 I kind of cheated because I sent a message to the recruiter um, on LinkedIn, I paid for subscription when I was like, it's $50, but I need that money, but I'm just going to do it. So I, I joined the, the pro version of LinkedIn. I sent the message and say, Hey, you know, I, I would like to have the opportunity. And if there is not a test that I can do, please let me know. And she looked at it. She said that, um, um, it was one of the um, last ones to come in and she saw it. I was like, okay. And then that's when she called me and they were interested in, uh, doing an interview. And what was that interview process like? Was that one of your first interviews for a position in the industry or had you gone through the interview process a few times before? I had some interviews before, but this one felt just different. Uh, this one felt like I need to do it because I have a goal and this year has to happen. And so the stakes were higher for me. So once you got in there, what was your first impression of the industry? Um, so, so I, when I joined, I, they were looking for a junior environment artist. And it started as an internship. Uh, now you can imagine a grown-up man, 36 years old, going into an internship making $15 an hour um, with responsibilities. And <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, was, it was a lot to, to think about when they say, well, we're going to pay you this much. And uh, when, I, when, I, when I heard that, I was like, man, I'm already doing good money in construction. I already, I already know that this is going well, why would I want to give up my life for a $15 minimum? But then I was like, I, I, I want this so bad, I, I, have, to, I have to give it the, the, the opportunity. So I, I left San Francisco, I moved down to LA, I rented a small room uh, at a house. Then a whole new journey began. My first day at work, it was like, a dream come true. It was like a, a tiny office. It was a little cramped, but I didn't see that in my eyes were like the dream job that I always wanted. And I remember calling my wife. I was like, I can't believe I'm just getting paid for like sitting on a, <laughs> on a, on a computer yeah. <laughs> or going into a meeting. I can't believe I'm, I'm doing that. And she's like, yeah, that's an office for you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's a big look in the mirror moment and, and thanking all right, even though I've gotten here, can I really, now I got to stick around, right? Now I got to stick around. Mm -hmm. And how do I get, get yeah. better from here? It's like the, the grind never stops. Never stops. I mean, it was just like an internship, right? right? So 
Um, it, it was a six month internship without like they didn't know if they were going to hire me. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it's always um, a constant struggle. I mean, in, um, even today, I still struggle a lot with time and, and new challenges. But just uh, the financial situation that I had and um, the stakes were higher. I feel then. But I, I think that during those eight years that I was working, I was preparing myself for the opportunity. Um, I feel like uh, I didn't waste time. I was always, when I, when I arrived at the job, I was ready. I was ready to prove myself. I was ready to, like, to say, hey, I, I am more than a uh, junior or uh, art intern. I want to be a regular employee. Sure, but how did you prove that to them? I mean, it's one thing to say it, but how did you do it? You shouldn't be doing uh, what I did. I was <laughs> working 16 hours days, wake up in the morning at 6 a.m., go to work at 8, and leave at 8 p.m. Um, on top of that, I was I was taking courses because I, I knew, like, I need to get better at this. And I was finding out through work what was what I needed. So I, I ended up taking other courses on the weekends. Um, I learned. Um, I was trying to be very, uh, well, I'm easy to work with, obviously. But uh, I was trying to be more, uh, like, willing to help. I was, like, going to my coworkers and say, hey, uh, do you need something? Uh Whatever it is, whatever it is that you don't want to, I'll take it. And so everybody will just come with me and I was like, hey, I want to do this prop, please do it. Sure. Just that attitude of like being, that wanting to be there and doing the work. Yeah, that's some, that's some heavy crunching too, not only to be working 16 hours, but also taking online courses. And it's your first job as well. I mean, that that's like 24-7 stuff you got going on there. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, then afterwards I, I was because I, I, I your your skills start developing. You don't need to work as much to to make the job to to meet the deadlines, so it gets better. You know, it's just the the beginning that is the the more difficult. Yeah, because I think you know there's a lot of stories about people doing that at a younger age. I think to do that at the age you were at is just unbelievable. It makes me want to run through a brick wall right now. It's so, it's so awesome. It's so inspiring to be like, you're never satisfied. You're always getting better and you're going to do anything you can to do it. And it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It's a true artist right there, man. That's, that's hats off to you for achieving your dream. I mean, and, and, and keeping it. That's the, really the biggest part is you're keeping it. Yeah. My favorite words always been hard work and perseverance. Yeah. Uh, the story embodies that for sure. So did, did Skydance, uh, obviously, I would hope they they took note of what you were doing and gave you a full-time position. Yeah, so uh, after my 6 months they they hired me full-time. It was awesome. I I learned from them so much. Uh, at some point, right when I had it everything, all I wanted, uh also my my wife and I she moved down here later on and we rented an apartment, we had it everything set up. Um layoffs came up. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I got laid off. Oh man! Oh, 
such as the industry though. It's always something. Yeah. I mean, looking back, it was like, it was, it, I, I was at the right spot and then something bad happened. So like, what, what else could happen? Yeah. Of course, layoffs. You should have a pretty good portfolio at that point, I would hope to, you know, just keep going. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it, the, the game was not finished. Yeah. So that's the problem is I, I, it was so so fast that I didn't even get screenshots or anything. So when they scored me out, uh, they didn't even let me grab anything. So, okay, fine, bye. But in, I don't know. They just saw in me that you know that they, that I was a good employee and I was hard work doing hard work. Uh, luckily, one of my other coworkers he quit the job a month later. So they, they laid me off. I was off for like a month and a half, and they lay, uh, they gave me a, a little severance package. Later on, um, my coworker, he, he calls me, hey, Gio, I'm leaving. And he's like, I'm going to ask them if they, if they want to hire you back. Because it made sense. They were finishing the job, uh, the, the game, and they needed somebody right away, and what better than somebody who already knows the style, who knows the work and everything. So uh, in the end, I they called me back and said, hey, Gio, we want you back. Oh, that's cool. That's how that worked out then. And good on your friend yeah. for letting you know. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, this is my chance. I'm not going to go back as a junior artist. And I was like, I want to be a regular environment artist. And this is my my salary, what I want to. And so they bumped me up. As they should have, you know, <laughs> as they should have. Um, I definitely want to jump into some some God of War talk. Anyone who's listened to the show oh, yeah. knows I'm a super big God of War fan. Been I've been with uh, with Kratos since 2005, since he was born. So got a, got a big relationship there with the big man. Wow. Um, so first off, hats off to you and, and the Santa Monica studio on, on Ragnarok. It was awesome. I uh, looked at how long I played as uh, over 63 hours, loved every minute of it as super worthy addi- uh, addition to the franchise. So first off, congratulations you and the team on that. It was, it was a truly, once again, another astounding achievement for that studio. The bar there was just so much, you know, they, they had to reinvent, maybe not so much, but just make it bigger and better. And so when I came in, uh, it, it was a lot to to tap uh, the bar. Yeah, because that's what I was going to ask is like, how, how did the studio handle the pressure of trying to live up to God of War 2018? Because that was a real reinvention of the series, moving from Greece to Norse, uh, Greek to North, Norse mythology and having that one shot kind of camera system without editing anything and you know the more grounded gameplay the open world sort of environment almost i mean that was a total reinvention and it was a obviously a huge success universally acclaimed and then it's like oh now we got to make another one of these i I can't imagine the pressure that that comes with that yeah i mean from from the um, story side it was it was really cool really cool story and have to uh amplify that whole um biking uh, mythology and just finish the game in in a strong uh, strong way it was just difficult my guess in the writing side the story side in the art side was uh, more challenging because 
we were um, we were making the game for two consoles, um, for PS5 and PS4. So the quality was just uh, gonna be different for both because you can handle a lot more polygons um, in PS5, and so we had to find a middle ground. How are we gonna tack, uh, tackle this? Disper- uh, disparity in in performance. How did the team feel about that, though? Did, were there members of the team that wanted to just be like, "Oh, we should just make this for PS5"? Or, mm, um, well, the the team was excited to work on on both. Uh, they saw it as a challenge. Of course, we always want more. Want to put uh, uh, every uh, every detail that we can think of in the in the engine. Um, but unfortunately, um, we had to compromise a lot just to achieve that goal. Um, I, I, I remember when I finished my areas, I, I put a lot of detail and tried to make it as, as high detail as I could. And then they come up and say, well, it can't run on PS4 you have to redo certain areas. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, uh, crunching again, I had to go back. I uh, remember I had to cut back like a million and a half polygons. Oh my God. I had to do, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was like half of the of, of the budget of, well, my, my budget was like 3 million polygons per frame. So cutting half of it, it means that redo a lot. Yeah. You were on Svartalheim, right? The Dorvan area with the lakes and the, the town and the mines. Yeah, I was part of the, the team. Um, I My area was just from Durling up to the mountain and, and a few spots on the mountain. The problem with my area was just surrounded with so much open world. Uh, you could see anywhere. And and so when you are in combat, that's when things get more, more difficult. Uh, it can have a lag. So I had to go and use what's called trigger volumes. And so I I would like, if you're stepping on this volume, that side that you never see, it's going to click and turn off or turn on depending. Mainly the, wherever the, the, um, the player is at, if Kratos is at a certain spot and you can see cer- certain things, um, that trigger volume will uh, make stuff pop or everything's constantly off until you call it on. I mean, that's cool to hear about. I'm sure it wasn't <laughs> wasn't fun to work with. It was constraining your work. I know. Yeah, you have to make like a, a small bunch of sets. Like your your entire environment, it's a, a bunch of little sets that up, upon called on, they will show up on screen. What was the process like when, when you guys were first starting to design that that area in terms of its conception. I mean, obviously, Svartalheim existed in the mythology that that already exists, but it was never seen in 2018. Hmm. I mean, that has more to do with um, the art direction uh, and and Raph, Raph Grassetti, and the concept artists. Um, When I joined, um, they had already a bunch of concepts. Um, They knew they wanted uh, some more old-fashioned funky town where everything was small um, and the houses looked like biking boats and it was surrounded by this 
uh, geyser rocks. I don't know. I thought that was like super ingenious, just the way that they they figured this thing out. Yeah, I mean that that whole area just had so much to it from the mountain area you're talking about you worked on to the mines to like the open sort of lake to that you know also you know within the town you know i thoroughly enjoyed that part and the geysers it was uh it was fun to go there right after the game starts pretty much like right after the the whole big thor battle now we're dropped into this totally new world shortly thereafter after we get out midgard so i mean it was this is a very distinct feeling place and I just loved how the, the contrast between what we expected and what we got, I think, really gave that world its own feeling, which I, I really enjoyed as a player. The Definitely. The the architecture was so much cooler. There was no snow, finally. Yeah, no <laughs> snow. Had some something, something different. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I, I think the the team really really did a good job. I I, I mean I, I I didn't work on the little town, but um, uh, my coworker Raúl and Danny they they did an amazing job uh, on that that tiny town, and uh, definitely they made it feel a, a more alive. Yeah, well I was saying it was cool too because it's like not too often in the franchise do you come across like something that really feels like a living breathing town. I mean we, we've seen. Plenty of people, particularly in the the Greek games, running around, but they're always running around in terror. Um, you know, Cyclopses and other things ripping them to shreds. And as Kratos, you could do that too if you wanted. But it was cool, just like when you first get in there, you get into the town, and you see all these people, and they're you know they're afraid of you, and they go back inside their homes and stuff. And there's like you feel like they're this place is alive. There are people here. They're going about their business, and you are disrupting them in in a major way. But it's not like it's a an act of violence either, uh, which I really appreciated. It would have been great, uh, but, you know, like performance-wise, uh, we couldn't do that, but it would have been better if there were, like, more people walking around or more NPCs, <laughs> something. Then you interact, it just feels a little bit isolated, yeah, some, uh, desolated. Uh-huh. But I think there's a good narrative reason but that for has that. has to do... Because of everybody uh-huh. was afraid of Kratos, rightfully so. And then all the, 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 uh, the armies of Odin, I can't remember their names off the top of my head, coming in, and so that makes people want to stay inside. So I was like, that was a good way to hide that. Yeah, maybe that that will be next uh, next chapter. Maybe uh, if there is another God of War, where there's a town full of full of people and he can interact with everybody. That would be interesting. I do wonder w- what's next. I know the Norse era is over. Um, yeah, I, I left um, when right when uh, they were polishing, well, finishing the game. Many I finished my area and, and then I moved moved on, but. Um, I was not able to to hear what they were working on next. Um, I'm I'm guessing the 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 Santa Monica team loves the God of War um, franchise, of course. Um, but it, you know, you you want to as an artist, you want to develop new new things, work on something new, and instead of losing the people who are tired of the 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 franchise. You know, maybe come up uh, with something new would be revitalizing for the studio. Yeah, I mean, I I would definitely play any anything that studio makes. I mean, top of their class and and everything. So, um, 
whatever the product is, whether it's a new God of War or some new IP, can't wait for it. Um, I'm interested in the sort of the iterative process of what you were building um, when you're creating your assets uh, in terms of like turnaround time, feedback, um, revisions, um, that whole process. What was that like when you were, I know you talked a little bit about having to uh, read, you know, retopologize things and, uh, and whatnot, but when you're initially creating stuff and you get assigned something and then walking through that process and making sure it's, it's the, you know, achieving the game's vision. Can you walk us through that a little bit? There's a lot of um, things that you have to keep in mind when you're building uh, an environment. Uh, first of all, you have to match the, the style and you have to match the concept a little bit. So they give you like a style sheet of things that you can use. After that, it's mainly up to you and, and help from the art directors. Um, when I was building the town, I knew that I needed um, lots of um, art, architectural elements. And so I have to also make it in a way that it's efficient so it can run. And uh, I have to come up with creative ways to make this architecture. I will have to show you on the computer how to do it, but uh, definitely um, the way that I did it, it kind of saved me a lot, a lot of uh, textures, a lot of uh, 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 polygons. And also they wanted me to use the rocks that were available uh, to use the geyser rocks, mm-hmm. but I, I was like, I don't like the rocks. <laughs> Why don't you like? <laughs> you them? always think, right? That <laughs> you always think, yeah, your rocks, you can do better. Sure. It's it's an artist thing. It's like I can do a brick better than the other person can. <laughs> but in the end, uh, they they let me try. They were okay. Yeah, if you don't want to use them, go ahead and blow our mind. So I did the first pass on the geyser rocks and it was not what I wanted and I was not excited. So I did it again. Um, Of course, I did it in my time. Some some of this work I did at home, figuring out if if it's okay or not. So at the end, um, uh, I was able to come up with a, a sort of like modular kit um, that I was happy with. They liked it, and I populated my, my entire my entire area with it. Uh, I would have liked to that the, my area was larger for that, but uh, for that modular set to shine. But you know, it was enough for just for for the purpose of repeating elements in u- reusing assets. Mm-hmm. So how many total iterations do you think went into that? Let's say the finished product was, I did it twice. The first time I didn't like it, so I have to redo everything. Um, And I presented it again, and that's when they like it. But in the process, you are figuring out, you're figuring out materials, you're figuring out colors, you're figuring out texture of of the actual stone. So... This is when the environment art uh, kicks in. You have to, uh, well, I, I, I watch a bunch of videos about geysers. I watch uh, um, 
National Geographic videos showing geyser stuff. What I would have liked is go to Yosemite on a field trip and take pictures there and feel it. But I didn't have the time or budget at the time, I guess. And um, I had to do it everything by watching videos. You also have to look for like um, the scientific terms of the names of the stuff that you're looking for. Uh, online so you're not just guessing well yeah next time i uh freeze a geyser i'm gonna think about you (laughs) (laughs) yeah we will we would like people to just go around uh you know just play and look not just go from a point a to point b without even like looking how things are done i know it's a big game and you're constrained by a lot of time a lot of pressure from people who want you to finish and it's never going to look as polished as you want Um, but we try really hard to uh, figure hey there's there's people out there who really look at the quality of things and we want them to recognize this like for example, one of my coworkers, he was obsessed uh, with uh, the way you tie a knot, a nautical knot, and so he had to do it the right way, not just like some funky stuff. He had to do it. So that's kind of like the attitude that everybody has. Yeah, and that shows. I mean, the the detail of the game is incredible. I mean, I'm I'm not a big photo mode guy in terms of actually using photo mode, but I like looking at people's photo modes or photo photos they take in photo mode in the game especially on like on reddit and man it really just sells how beautiful the game is i mean you could tell by playing it but when you see someone really like take the time to stage like an incredible photo in any of those environments it's just like man alive what a team what a, what a, you know in general but the art the art is just unfreaking believable yeah i mean that that is just um technology enabling us to do all of these things yeah. otherwise you know, we we would be stuck with lower poly account or not even realistic stuff. Right. So kudos for all those people who work hard on this tech, technology. Yeah, you yeah, know for sure. What's the what's the texturing process like over there in terms of once you've got your models ready and UVs laid and all that? What do you guys do for texturing? Well, you always have to choose what's more efficient and cheaper in terms of memory. So you're always, it's hard to make everything uniquely painted in, in your um, painter t- uh, software. So you always end up like texturing everything inside of the material editor, uh, it, which, is, which is different than painting everything on, on, on the software as painter. You paint it with masks, and definitely that that gives you less less detail, less quality of what you want to paint. Like by hand on certain rock, you end up using masks, like black and white mask. Wherever you see the, the white, the color or the material shows up. So um, we use a lot of that. Uh, we did a lot of uh, uh, tileable textures. Uh, tileable trim sheets 
for those who want to enter the game industry, it's it's you need to use these things, um, tileable meshes, and all sorts of ways where you can just make one thing and be able to uh, use that that mesh distorted in a different way, and then you have a totally brand new um, asset. Yeah. Well, you know what was funny is when. When I was first learning about how how all this worked, I used to think, "Oh man, that's that's bullshit." They just take the same tree or whatever and just move a few branches, <laughs> scale it down a little bit. And then I actually had to go make a, an outdoor level, and I was like, "Nope, I understand exactly why this is done this way." Because having to do every single thing, you'd lose your mind, um, and it just slows oh, you yeah. down. It slows you down so much, especially when you're making such a big yeah. game like like Ragnarok. I mean, one of the biggest. Uh-huh. games I've ever played like a modular design and, and all that stuff is just inherent in its success yeah I mean that's part of the skill if you can't tell the repetition you did a good job yeah. but if you start seeing the same rock same thing everywhere especially with props uh, unique props if you repeat it more than once you're already like do, uh, putting it in the game too much or in the same level so you have to find uh, creative ways to like maybe that same rock or same prop, maybe put it next to other things so it does, doesn't look as unique. Right. Or just change the color, but at the same time make it broken. And there you go. There you have a new one. Right. Right. And the vast 98% of the people out there will never notice. And, they, and, and that's a good thing. It's exactly what you want. Yeah, exactly. Um, there, there's people who just want to play the game, and that's fine. And because a lot of people, uh, these game designers, they just want you to play the game and, and enjoy it. We as artists, we want you to like look at things, yeah, and feel engaged with the environment, um, be wow by it. Right. But that's the thing that I love about those games is that I feel both of those things are just come together so well that's it, all part of the experience I, I enjoy the game while simultaneously enjoying the art nothing takes me out of the experience when i'm when i'm playing god of war i am kratos or atreus or whoever i'm playing as and i'm just i am in it man like you, you guys did just an incredible job of that i can't can't stop gushing about it i mean it's, it's just some of my favorite experiences playing games or, or those titles so did you like playing as uh, as atreus i did like playing as atreus at first i was kind of um I figured it was going to happen at some point, but I was taken aback by it. I thought his combat was was a little too fluid for me, almost. It was, uh, uh, or like his sections were a little too easy. I thought compared to mm-hmm. to, to Kratos's, but I still enjoyed it, and and I and I really yeah. liked what happened to him on his when he was alone. It did a lot for his character because I think the first mm-hmm. game is so defined by. Atreus and Kratos learning things about each other and that develops their relationship. Whereas on this game, they spend a lot of time away from each other and that forces, I think I really made the writers dig deep and, and make Atreus beyond what he was. I thought he was already a good character, but now I really, really enjoy him um, even more because he had to really grow up in this game. Maybe for the next one, he'll be the, he'll, he'll be the one who's you're going to play it all the time and they're going to make it better. I mean, we always joke. What is going to be? Uh, what what is Kratos going to be doing? He's going to hang around with his 
<laughs> to wheelchairs. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to be like a thousand, like, I don't know, thousands of years old at this point, or who knows how old he is, but, uh, oh, yeah. yeah, he can only kick ass for so long. I know, poor Kratos. Yeah. He needs a rest. Yeah. Well, it was funny too, is I like, after I finished Ragnarok, I was like, well, I got to go back and play the Greek games now. And it's just so interesting playing the, the old games and seeing that journey that character has gone on, um, has undergone. Oh yeah. It's, it's pretty I mean, incredible. I, I remember when I played, um, I can't remember what number is it, but uh, he's riding a giant, uh, a giant uh, monster or head. I can't remember was a, a hand. And he was playing a, on top of a hand. And, oh, oh, that was God. three. <laughs> that was, yeah. 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 That was, that was crazy, crazy. Yeah, yeah. And the funny thing. The the funny thing is that when I when when I did the art test for these guys, um, I wanted to impress them with something really cool, right? And, but I mean, they gave me something to do. It was a little mausoleum. I was like, okay, cool, a uh, little mausoleum uh, for artists. I was like, but these are the guys who who make stuff crazy, crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So I ended up doing uh, a version where there's like a giant minotaur stone. Nice thing and then in his hand he's holding a, a mini island and on top of that island uh well he's not holding there's a chain holding the mini island and on top of that mini island there's the mausoleum and they thought it was a little bit ridiculous but i was like but you guys <laughs> you know what you guys used to do <laughs> yeah yeah that's funny Last thing I'll, I'll I'll ask is any any words out there to someone who may have be going through what you went through in terms of trying to get in the industry, develop their skills, um, what do they need to do? You know, maybe they have a lot of doubts. What do they need to do to to stay in the fight and and achieve their dream? Uh geez, okay. Um, <laughs> Tough question. <laughs> Tough question. Uh, well, I, I mean, you know, for me. I, I gotta say, just for me, um, you know, life was not a straight line, as and nothing happened as fast as I wanted to be. Um, there will come a lot of opportunities, and you have to be ready to meet the challenge. Um, at the same time, you know, some of those things that you opportunities are not gonna be the best. So you have to make a decision, and if it's not the right one, you have to pivot quickly and change direction. Um, the process here, you know, to to make a career in the game environment is, is slow, but uh, once you are in there, the rewards are fulfilling. Um, the The work that you do is so much better than just doing anything else that I can think of for me. Um, and like I said, my favorite words are hard work and pers- perseverance. Well said. Well said. I'm sure there's a lot of folks out there that can take that to heart. Um, Giovanni, thank you so much. What, what an episode. This was, this was uh, a total blast. And uh, looking forward to the new Star Wars game you're working on. It's coming out soon. Um, yeah. Yeah. The sequel to Fallen it's Order. It's going to be great. Yeah. So... That's coming out, and uh, congratulations on that as well. So look forward to seeing what you do in the future, and thanks again for being our, being our guest. Oh, thank you for inviting me. It was, it was fun. Uh, it, 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 was, it was my first interview, so 
I was a little bit nervous. Oh, you I, did great. I hope it didn't come through. <laughs> no, no, you did, you did awesome. All right, that wraps up this week's show. We want to thank Giovanni again for being our guest. To find out more about Mudstack, head over to mudstack.com where you can follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, and join our community on Discord. And of course, we want to thank you for listening. We'll see you next time on Clear as Mud.